Amen. And the power of Christ, that is, that's a powerful song as we get started uh, this evening. We are taking a look uh, this evening at uh, foreign exchange. Uh, Before I get started, uh, I I always want to give glory to God, but uh, remember that Psalm 118.24 says, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Whether it's the morning, whether it's the noontime, whether it is the, whether it is the hot, sunny part of the day, it's still the day that the Lord has made. And it's good to, it's good to be in here uh, fellowshipping with each other. But as we, as we take a look at this passage tonight, uh, Matthew chapter 16, uh, verses uh, 24 through 26, we are, we are taking a look at what will you give in exchange for your soul. Today is the day that the Lord has made, but today is also the day that we make a choice. It's a daily choice. It's not a choice we made a long time ago. It is a daily choice uh, to follow after Jesus. In verse 24, the Bible reads, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And then verse 26 is those pivotal questions that he asks the, the apostles. He says, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Jesus emphasizes that the goals of this world and the gospel are in conflict with, her, with each other. You can't pursue both, both the, the gains of this world and gain your soul at the same time. The disciples would have to choose. They had, they had taken hold of the message of the gospel by following after Jesus, by, whether it was laying down their fishermen nets or whether it was uh, putting down their tax collector's uh, booth or whatever it was. They had put it aside to follow after Jesus. But by choosing after, to follow after Jesus, some things in the world for them would not come to fruition. And they, and they pointed this out uh, in Luke whenever, uh, when Luke's gospel talks about this same situation. But if you choose to follow after the world rather than Jesus, you may be choosing to forfeit your soul. And the, the other gospels also point this out, other synoptic gospels. In Mark chapter 8, he points out in verse 36, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? But in verse 38, he adds another little phrase to it. For whoever, whosoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And then in Luke chapter 9, he also uh, talks about this, but in verse 25, for, who do, for what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him will be the glory, 
uh, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. He points out in these extra verses that, are, that, are, that Matthew doesn't that to be ashamed, to be ashamed means to, to experience humiliation or regret uh, or embarrassment because of something. In this chapter, the 12 are the furthest from being ashamed of Jesus uh, they can, uh, that they could possibly be. They have used his power to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to raise the dead. Here at the beginning of the chapter, Peter has declared Jesus to be the Christ of God, the anointed one. In, in, verse, in verse 20, they mistakenly attempt to defend Jesus' honor from, from an exorcist and an inhospitable Samaritan village where we get the sons of thunder statement. And they have paid personal costs here at the end of chapter 9. They talk about what they have laid aside. They're not ashamed uh, of the gospel of Jesus at this point. But Jesus knows there's going to be a point where you're going to have to make harder decisions. In the adult Bible classes this morning, we were studying uh, Acts chapter 12, where it talks about that James, one of the apostles, was beheaded, and that Peter was put in prison. They were going to be persecuted for his name's sake. And he wants them to know that the, you have to choose every day, are you going to be ashamed of me? Now, it, it, there's, the apostles continue to talk about this topic, uh, such as in 1 John chapter 5. Um, the entire book of 1 John is a story uh, of a, a letter to the, to the early church about how to love one another, how to love God most of all, and then you love your fellow man as you, uh, and if you do that, then you're loving God, and it's talking about love. This is where John gets the, the nickname as the apostle of love. But here at the very end of chapter five, the very last verse uh, of this epistle, he writes and says, just one short sentence, little children, keep yourselves from idols. And then the book ends. And it's like, you wrote to me about love. You wrote to me about love. And again and again, I read this long letter. Uh, would have taken, the, would have taken the, the time that we met together. And then the last thing you have to say to me is keep from idols. This, this verse, this chapter, this book about love and he tells them to keep from idols. To truly love, it means that you can't have anything else in, in the place of God. To truly love, it means to love him with your whole heart, your whole soul, your whole mind, and your whole strength. He tells them that, that to, to love means you can't put anything else on the pedestal. That's his last, that's his last thing he has to tell them is that for, for you to truly love your fellow man, for you to, to show that love uh, to God, you can't have anything else in the place of God. Because if you have anything else in the place of God, then you're not truly loving him. That's what it means, that you can't have anything, you, otherwise you're, you can't have anything else in the place of God. Because if not, then you are choosing to gain the world and forfeit your soul. You are committing that exchange for, the, for your soul in place of the world, a foreign exchange. Idols, though, are not 
what the, the idols that he's talking about here in 1 John are not little trinkets that we find on our mantles. Most of us don't have, a, have an idol that's sitting up on top of our mantle that we, that we sit down and we pray to every night. Um, that's not the idol that he's talking about. They're the little pieces of our heart that take a strong hold against God. In Ezekiel chapter 14, verse 3, Ezekiel asks this question of, of the men that are coming uh, up to God about the, the men that are coming to him. And they have, they have put, they are in the midst of idol worship, and he wants to know, Son of man, these men have taken their idols into their hearts and set the stumbling block of their iniquity before their faces. Should I indeed let myself be conducted by them? The little idols are in their hearts. They have taken their idols into their hearts, and their hearts have made a place for this idol. Now, when we, when we look at this, how, how, will these, how will this idol worship potentially affect us? We're going to do a case study uh, this evening quickly as we look at 1 Kings chapter 11. Most of the rest of our time will be spent over there as, how do, as we look at Solomon. He turned away to idolatry. And how does that affect us? Three key points that I want to look at is that first, that idols will demand your love. Then idols will divert your heart. And then idols will divide your house. In 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 1 through 2, the Bible reads, Now King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite women, from the nations concerning which the Lord had said to the people of Israel, You shall not enter into marriage with them, neither shall they with you, for surely they will turn your heart after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love. He chose to follow after the wives of his uh, or after the gods of his wives. He chose foreign women to come into, to come into Israel and to be a part of, of their community, which there's nothing specifically wrong with that, except for the fact that God already knew, and, and he told him through Moses in Deuteronomy 17, 17, that this was going to happen, that there was going to, when you have kings, here's what's going to happen. And he shall... And he shall not acquire many wives for himself, lest his heart turn away. Nor shall he acquire for himself excessive silver and gold. And in Proverbs 5.20, he wrote this himself too. Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a foreign woman, and embrace the, the bosom of an adulteress? Solomon knew what was going to happen. He's... He, told, he, he foretold in the, in the Proverbs that if you, if you go after this adulterous woman, in this case the adultery is not a physical adultery, but an adultery of the heart where they're following after idols, then you are going to follow after with them. Because Moses told them so long ago that, that they will, if you acquire many wives for yourself, his heart shall turn away. He knew it. But just because you know about it doesn't mean that you know it in your heart. You think, I'm the exception. 
I, this, this isn't going to happen to me. I can, get, I can get away with this because I'm better than that. I have grown up in the church my whole life. I know the difference between that. I know the difference between right and wrong. But just because you know of it doesn't mean that you have it set into your heart. There are, there are competing loves in our lives. But the love that God calls us to is a perfect love. And he demonstrates it in the following manner. In John chapter 14, verses 21 through 24, he calls us to, to keep his commandments. And that's how we're going to demonstrate love. In verse 23, when he answers the question, when he answers some questions, he says, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Jude 21 also emphasizes this. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Keep waiting, keep yourselves in the love of God. How do you keep yourselves in the love of God? You keep it by keeping his commandments, by keeping his word in your heart. And when you keep his commandments and his word in your heart, then you're going to be in the love of the Father. Idols will demand your love, but the love they bring leads to death and destruction. But God's love, he demands our love, but it leads to life everlasting. Is there anything that you love more than God? Well, when you love something more than God, you have placed an idol in your heart. Well, you say, I don't love it. I just, I don't love it more than God. I just love it. I, I just, I just enjoy that. James chapter 4 verse 4 says, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? So you don't even have to love it. You just have to be a friend with it. And then in 1 John 2 15 is the next stage. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If you love it at all, then, you're, then the Father is not in you. And then the final stage of that is when you are transformed into the world. Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. In other words, you can be conformed to the pattern of this world. Paul is telling the church in Rome that you need to, don't look like them at all. Don't be a friend to them. Don't love them. Don't even look like them at all. Because when you do that, then you can discern what is the will of the God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Then with the second phrase, that the second point for tonight is that idols will divert your heart. First thing is that they will, they will demand your love, and after they have demanded your love, they will divert your heart. Let's uh, read a little bit of chapter, three, or of chapter 11, beginning in verse 3. He had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 concubines, and his wife, wives turned away his heart. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. 
For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. So Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and did not wholly follow the Lord, as David his father had done. Then Solomon built a high place for Shemosh, the abomination of Moab, and for Molech, the abomination of the Ammonites, on the mountain east of Jerusalem. And so he did for all his foreign wives who made offerings and sacrifices to their gods. He brought 700 wives who were princesses into his palace. 700 wives who were, who were daughters of a nation king near him. He made 700 little treaties for the security of Israel. And he says... Look at what I've done. I have, I have made my kingdom the greatest. The kingdom is, of Israel is greater than even when David was, my father was here. And we continue to grow. We've built the large palace. We've built the temple. But what happened when he made all these little treaties, when he made all these relationships outside of it, they turned away his heart. Solomon knew better once again, in, in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 59, Solomon falls into his own trap. Let the, he said in verse 59, Let the words of mine with which I have pleaded before the Lord be near to the Lord our God day and night. And may he maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people as each day requires. He knew every day I have to set this apart. I have to be different. In verse 60 he says that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God. There is no other let your heart, therefore, be wholly true to the Lord our God, walking in his statutes and his commandments as at this day. Just like that first day when they committed the temple, he wanted, the, he wanted them to hold that, that love for God every day of their lives. But we see just a few years later that Solomon falls into his own trap. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says that it, keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the wellsprings of life. You have to love him with your, with your very center because if he's not at the center of your life every day, it's easy to fall into the trap of, of, of going after the idols, the little things that will creep into your life. In Mark chapter 7 Verse 20, Jesus says, What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. It's not the outside. It's not the actions that, that defile you. It's the inside that defiles you. When you drink from a cup that is, that, is, that is dirty on the inside, you wouldn't drink that. It's not the outside of the cup that needs to be clean. It's the inside of the cup. You choose what you're going to do every day. And the way to get away from that is to, is to make sure that you are looking up to God. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, if then... You have been raised with Christ. Seek the things that are above. There are three things he gives here. 
First is to seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Second, set your, thing, set your minds on things that are above. Seek Two times he tells them, seek what's above. In other words, stop focusing on yourself. Focus on, focus on eternity. When you focus on eternity, the things of earth become so much clearer. In verse 3, he says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. But you can't put it to death until you start looking at something else. Jesus is the only one that can cleanse you as you, as you go on this walk with him. But if you don't, the last step happens. The idols will divide your house. In verse, verses 9 through 14, back in 1 Kings chapter 11, And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice, and had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods. But he did not keep what the Lord had commanded. He gave him the opportunity Two times, it says he came to him twice and told him what to do. But just because, you have, just because you have spiritual wisdom doesn't mean that you have spiritual maturation. Just because that you, that you understand the scriptures doesn't mean necessarily that you are applying them. God appeared to Solomon twice, it says in this scripture, in personal conversations with him. He knew exactly what to do, but he didn't follow after that. But the good news is that Someone, specifically in this case, David, stood in the gap for Solomon. He was there, his father, David, because of his righteousness, not because he was so good, but because he followed after God and his heart was after, was after God, unlike Solomon's. He, was, he stood in the gap that, that God wasn't going to come to him and tear apart his household during his lifetime. It wasn't going to be till his children's lifetime that this was going to happen. Now, did Solomon ever return to the Lord? We don't know. Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 says, The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. But what did Solomon come to this realization after 1 Kings 11? Or, or was this written early in his life? We don't know. And that's, the, and that's the question mark. Where do you end up? Now, you can say, I'll come back to him at some point in time. If I, if I choose to go away, I can come back to him. But you're never guaranteed another day. You have to choose every day whether you're going to, how you're going to end that day and how you are going to live that day for Christ. Decide today that you will give your soul, that you will not give your soul in exchange for anything in the world. Joshua 24, 14, Joshua calls the Israelites and says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. 
Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you need help, if you are, if you are, if you heard the words of this sermon and you want to make sure that you are, you're following after God, that you, that you choose him daily, we're here to help you. If you want to, if you, if you're hurting and you want to be able to, to, to grow in, in Christ and you want, would like for us to pray with you, to live in community with you, that's what Blake's sermons have been out about on Sunday morning. We live in community together. We continue to grow. We are, just like a sermon this morning, we endure together. We grow up in, in him. If we can pray with you, if you're, if you're hurting, if you would like to study with us, reach out to us, come up tonight. But if, we, if, you, if you don't feel like coming for tonight, the office is open. We're, we're, uh, the ministers are here on staff. The elders are just a phone call away. We're, we're happy to pray with you and to study with you and see how we can help you grow. Um, if, you, if you're listening to us online, then reach out to us through our website. Find a way to, to reach out to us. We're happy to, we're happy to help in any way we can. But right now, if we can help you as we stand and uh, come forward as we stand and sing.